Dream Pictures Episode 2, Take It All. Welcome to Dream Pictures, the podcast that challenges our versions of reality. I'm Bill Webb, your host. Today I'm going to introduce Chapter 5 of the second movement of my new novel, One Lone Friend. The two friends, John and Terry, have just reunited in the Chusca Mountains of the Navajo lands of New Mexico, newly recovered from drug addiction and alcoholism through some dramatic and unusual circumstances described earlier. They are sitting around a campfire with the old one in the form of an amusing old cowboy that had shown up in a dune buggy. Only a few hours earlier, they had been in the 1840s helping a Navajo named Sadoval escape the Calvary so he could become an old one and help his people recover from the ravages of uranium mining. The old man had thrust John downhill towards the Calvary, telling him to distract them from Sadoval so he could escape. All John could think of was to yell, He went that away! He went that away! Now, a few hours later, the three of them are sitting around a campfire, enjoying the stillness and peace of their souls and the mountainside. Now, John, as a practicing alcoholic, had been a social worker who drank away his jobs and relationships. But, early in his life, he had loved music and developed his musical talents to quite an extent. As drinking developed into alcoholism, music was neglected. Now, sitting around the campfire, the old man produces a guitar mysteriously out of nowhere and places it in John's lap. John is overcome with emotion, but he does pick up the guitar. Listen now to the dialogue and music from that evening around the campfire as I present to you Chapter 5 of the second movement of the audiobook version of the novel One Lone Friend. Second Movement, Chapter 5, The Plan He went that away? Terry said sardonically to John. Is that the best you could come up with? He smiled. Well, the old man didn't give me any time to think, and I knew I had to put them off Sadoval's trail. Won't someone tell me who Sadoval is? The old man responded by stirring the campfire with a stick, and John watched the sparks flow upward from the yellow flames. They seemed to change from orange to white and become the myriad of stars in the night sky. He gazed peacefully at the display of lights. It had been quite a day. Abrupt changes, surprise meetings, unusual events. He was beginning to accept at least a little bit that all this made sense and worked out somehow, but he still had many questions. Yet those thoughts were secondary to this new feeling that was welling up inside him. It was a feeling he had never experienced before, and it felt so good that he temporarily forgot his concern about the facts. He was more comfortable sitting around the campfire with Terry and the old man than he had ever been in his life. His heart was bounding with joy, and his stomach was filled with the soft, sweet nectar of peace. He thought of the feeling he used to get when he took the first drink before it turned into the inevitable roaring drunk. It was hot going down, but in a few minutes his stomach felt warm and comfortable and his heart was calm. 
The alcohol gave him fleeting moments of feeling comfortable in his own skin. Temporarily, he felt like he did measure up to the world's standards. He felt like he belonged. He was artificially gratified. The problem was he wanted to keep that feeling, and the only way he knew to get it was to drink. But the second and third and fourth drinks never worked as well as the first. But in his alcoholic insanity, he kept drinking until he was so drunk that he would make a fool of himself in public, do things he would not normally do like stealing, cheating on his wife, throwing up, passing out, and often waking up in a strange place with a woman he didn't recognize. Here with these friends, he knew he was whole and complete. As long as he was in their presence, he knew he belonged to the human race and could hold his head up as a worthwhile contributing member. If he could stay around this campfire with the old man and Terry for the rest of his life, he would be perfectly happy. Yep, when you was skedaddling down that mountain, Terry and me was laughing so hard we could hardly see you down there, said the old man. You see, Johnny, all you gotta do is show up in the right place at the right time. You'll always know what to do next. Like, for instance, he reached behind into the darkness and pulled out an acoustic guitar. John froze as the old man held it out to him. He had not touched a guitar in years. He slowly reached out, took the guitar, and set it on his lap. His eyes glazed as he stared right through it. His old hopes and dreams of becoming a famous musician flashed through his mind. His first wife, how he had done the worst thing anyone could ever do and ran away, abandoning her, his friends, his band, and his life as a musician. The guitar was like hot lead pressing down on his thighs. He did not want to think about that now. He just wanted to die. He touched the neck with his index finger as if it were going to burn him. It almost surprised him that the neck felt normal, familiar, and quite comfortable. He took it expertly into his hands, positioned it in classical style, and gently plucked the A-string. The vibration of the note was almost imperceptible, but he could feel it resonating from the body of the guitar into his chest. He plucked it again. The sound moved through him until his whole body felt like it was vibrating an A. Waves of sound radiated from his body like the ripples from a pebble dropped into a glassy pond flowing out in circles. He could see the old man and Terry, mouths open, taking a slow inhalation like they were tasting sweet nectar that rolled over their tongue and into their very souls, resonating their bodies in pure, harmonious vibration. John closed his eyes and hummed, his voice resonating in perfect harmony with this one tone that now seemed so ubiquitous as to encompass the entire world. His fingers moved fluidly across the strings, plucking harmonies he had never heard. His humming, so subtle, so sweet, took the shape of a melody that rose beyond emotional response into a place inside him that could only be described as bliss. He continued playing smoothly without pause as his humming formed into words. As the sparks float into the sky and dissolve into the stars So my heart opens up wide and radiates out 
The three ghostly figures sat in timeless infinity around the campfire's glowing orange embers as they floated into the black canopy and disappeared into a blaze of stars. Words were no longer needed to communicate as they basked in this invisible glory that was more real than anything John had ever thought was reality. This glory was not only here and now in this place with these friends, but it was as if it had always been with him, with them, ever-present, but unconscious, now revealed to his consciousness. To John, this was not some kind of new belief. It was the opening of a door to a soul that had always existed inside him a door that he had just now effortlessly walked through to a place of infinite discovery, strength, and supply. He now knew he was in a world that made sense, a world where he belonged and played an integral part, forming, shaping, and most of all, loving everyone he met, everywhere he went. But deserting his wife and daughter, The old man interrupted before John's morbid reverie could take hold. Now you know the plan, Johnny. What we're doing out here, why you came, and all that. Yes, I see it now. There's nothing in this outside world to seek in order to make my life make sense. I found nothing in the bottle. No revelations, no happiness, no peace. I tried over and over again to find something there, but I only ended up drunk, despondent, alone. John stood, clasped his hands to his heart center, and opened his arms wide, trying to point to everything all at once. It's all here! I'm a part of it! You're a part of it! Wow! And you, old man, you're making all this happen, aren't you? John had become dependent on the old man's presence to feel this sense of connection and unspeakable joy. From the start, the old man gave him clarity, confidence, healing, and sobriety. John asked, We can go anywhere and do anything we want, can't we? And it was Terry who answered. 
He sat back on his elbows and said, It is now your choice how you are going to use it. You can choose to follow this bliss or you can choose to go back to the pain and misery of your old life. It doesn't matter where you go or who you're with. It's an inside job. It's what you decide that makes the difference. You can choose to go back to your old ways or you can choose the other side and remake your marriage. Actually, your entire life into something beautiful that can be a shining light of good. You can choose this new way, this way of giving and loving, always drawing upon an infinite supply of it from your very own soul, which is connected to it. Whether you stay with us, go back to your family, or move to Timbuktu. <laughs> Timbuktu, that's a good one, Terry, but the way I heard it was, and the old man's voice changed again. The place you find yourself in at this moment is the place of peace and the place of purpose. Take note of your surroundings and the people you are with at this moment. This is where you belong now, and where you will go next will be totally dependent on the choice you make now. Choose pain and misery by suffering in guilt and fear, and guilt and fear will take you to the next place. Choose love, peace, and harmony, and these will take you to the next place. You see, you are not really choosing the next place you will go. You are choosing the attitude or paradigm that is the basis for taking you to the next place. It is that which dictates your next move. The actual physical move to different places, the changing of relationships, or getting new and better things does not cause any permanent change. It is the spirit in which you move at this moment that moves you to the next. So, what'll it be, eh, Johnny boy? Terry interjected. Back to your old life or make a new one? You mean I can change the future course of my life into something good? Choosing, what did you say, love, peace, and harmony in the present moment? And with this love as the basis for all my choices, I can rebuild my family and my career? Not rebuild, John. Remake. You can actually start over again, said Terry. You're thinking too much, Johnny. Play us a song now. Play us that song you wrote about choosing, said the old man. I don't know. And John gazed into the old man's eyes and, as if they were picture tubes, saw the image of himself about ten years younger in his early twenties sitting in his living room recording studio playing his guitar and singing. He remembered the song he was writing at that time that went so deep he never really understood its meaning. The choice. He closed his eyes and began finger-picking in E minor. The words and music flowed out easily. As he sang each line, he breathed in its deeper meaning. I am the human one that you seek I am the satisfier the one who made you weak too weak to tell the difference between yourself and my soul because of all you longed for and covered up so well too weak to find your convictions the place where you stand because yourself was never good enough self was never good enough 
And that's exactly how he heard it in his head, full and complete. After he had finished, he was certain which choice he would make, and, in fact, he realized he had already made it. The novel contains many passages that hopefully will challenge your version of reality. It may bring tears to your eyes when you hear the tragedies of what alcoholism causes in the family relationships. It'll bring joy to your heart when you see what love, peace, and harmony can do to those that surround you. And you'll be enthralled by the adventures these two friends, John and Terry, go through in Navajo lands, in the high desert and mountains of New Mexico, and through their mysterious time travel experiences in which they meet and change many lives, including the devastation caused by the uranium mining in Navajo lands. And now here's a piece of music that I believe will challenge your version of reality, because it's a version of music that's quite different than the norm. It's from Bill Webb Jazz, and it's called Full Moon Potluck.
You're listening to Full Moon Potluck from Bill Webb Jazz, a mysterious piece that challenges anybody's version of what music ought to be. And now I'd like to present to you a Native American flute piece that I think encompasses the mystery of the woods, the summer woods. It's from the album Summer Woods by Bill Webb, and it's called Call of the Woods. been listening to Dream Pictures, Episode 2, the sequel to the podcast series Native American Flute Music by Bill Webb. Those episodes are still available through your RSS feeds. I hope you've enjoyed being challenged today. I hope you have been challenged. I hope your mind opens just a little bit. 
mind-opening is probably one of the most valuable things we can do as human beings. Honesty is helpful as well. Not honesty to other people, but honesty to self. Honesty about who you really are. And who you really are is an inheritor of love, peace, and harmony. And of course, the willingness to change, the willingness to grow, the willingness to go beyond what you've been taught. Let's go beyond what we've been taught now. Remember that this is a podcast you can subscribe to through iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, at SoundCloud, and probably several other places where podcasts are available. You can always go to my website, secured website, billwebmusic.com. Remember, there's two Bs in web, billwebmusic.com. There you can find music, many albums, videos, and all the podcasts of Native American flute music and dream pictures. I've enjoyed this time with you. Let's enjoy it again next week when I will present episode three of Dream Pictures, the audio podcast for those who don't mind if their version of reality is challenged.